This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Learn more at slashandcast.net. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Have you checked the children? I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. We all go a little mad sometimes. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Boogeyman is real, and you found him. Don't you blame the movies? Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Everyone, welcome to Social Media Digital. We talk around nothing but horror, and welcome to the video form of our podcast, Slashercast, or if you're listening to this as the audio form on Anchor or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am one. It, this podcast is brought to you by the Social Cast Podcast Network and our digital social media. Yeah, welcome to Slasher Cast. And yeah, I am one of your hosts, Slasher. And I'm your other English talking host, Tyler. Because apparently you can't speak English properly. No, I can't speak my own language. So today, yeah, we're going to continue our read-throughs of the Halloween franchise and today we are doing uh, the, we're doing the today is the last of the Thorn what is known as Thorn trilogy which is obviously Halloween 4 to 6 so today we're doing Halloween 6 Curse of Myers why are you saying like curse curse, curse. We're doing Curse of Michael Myers, aren't we, boy? Um, no. <laughs> so yeah, this one's a really bad film. Same. Is really, I really could tell. I'm surprised that you don't like this because you have bad taste. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, right. So yeah, how, how have you been? Me, uh, I've been fine. I am. Actually, on the freaking puzzle section of Borderlands 3. And if you don't know what the puzzle section is, it's basically fucking. Sim- looks like Tetris, but it's not. So, boy. Okay. Uh, as you know, guys, this we're recording this the day before Star Wars Day, so I hope everyone had a good Star Wars Day. Hope everyone had a good May 4th and May the 5th. Um, so, but today is May 3rd, so may the 3rd be with you. That's a. Boy. Bad Batch is out tomorrow, so I will be watching that as the first Star Wars related thing that I'll be watching. Uh, Bad Batch, I think they said it's rumoured to be a 70 summer episode. Can't wait for that. Uh, that's going to be fun. Uh, just Bad Batch. Uh, so yeah, today guys we're going to continue. So today, as we know how this works, we read through the wiki, um, the fandom wiki, of the film and we obviously have jokes and shit all the way through and make fun of happen um and yeah we'll just read through it and go from there talk our th- say our thoughts rate it at the end and then that's how this works so i'm g- i think i started last time so it's your turn yes beliefs <coughs> getting ready <coughs> Gotta clear that throat. The birth of Stephen and the demise of Jamie. I didn't even know the baby's name was Stephen. I didn't even know that that was actually the name of that baby. You learn something every day. Or can we just call it the birth of Also guys, Paul Rudd is in this movie. Oh, Paul. Right, continue. As in, Ant Man, innit? Yep. Yeah, just making sure. It was before he became Ant Man, obviously. And he's all. He was actually gonna reprise his role as Tommy Doyle in Halloween. He was asked uh, to reprise his role as adult Tommy Doyle in in Halloween Kills, but obviously he's actually. In Ghostbusters Afterlife, so he couldn't reprise his role. And he's also got ties with Marvel. <laughs> uh, but I think he would have done it. Yeah, 
I mean, if if you like acting, then you're trying to get as much stuff done as you can. I think he would have. I think he would have done it just to play a different version of that character, because obviously this film isn't canon to the new films. Yeah, this is based on the original. But I think they're just. The tra- I think they're really doing like a bit of fan service with the new film, uh, with getting characters that we know coming back, like the nurse from the first film is returning. Uh, the nurse is returning. Uh, we've got Tommy Doyle played by a different actor. I think we're getting Lindsay, the girl. I think we are. I think we're supposed to be getting her. Oh. I can't. I don't remember, but I think we are. And we're yeah, also. You can't remember yeah, I can't remember anything. It's fine. It's it's life. Go on. The sixth film in the series opened with a 15-year-old Jamie Lloyd pleading, gasping and screaming as she was wheeled on a stretcher down the long underground corridor by mass physicians. Oh, I can't say that word. Physicians. I, I feel like it's physicians, but... It's, it's... physicians. I, I think it's physicians, yes. Yeah, the, the location was eventually revealed to be the basement area of Smith's Grove Warren County Sanitarium. She was hallucinating that a crazed psycho serial killer uncle. <laughs> wow, that's played by she's played by a different actress this time around. <laughs> oh no, it's not. Yeah. No, this is when she's she's fifteen. Yeah, this is it's when she's fifteen. I yeah. think she did get replaced. She does get replaced later on. I think this is when she's still a kid because I think she does. I think we do see no. Danielle. I think we do see Danielle. And then we see Jamie Lloyd as an adult before. Uh, then then it's played by a different actress. Yeah, I think it's actually a different actress now. I know. All I know is is that Danielle, uh, she is in this film. I believe so. Let me just quickly have a look. Uh... Where she was? No, it. It does not say, so I don't think it was Daniel Harris. Oh, okay. Right. I think it was just straight up J.C. Brandy. Right, right. Got you. Right, go on then. Uh, his psycho serial killer uncle, Michael Myers, was terrorising her with a large butcher knife. The trench coat Men in Black. Men in Black? What? Is it Samuel L. Jackson? What film are we watching here? What film are we reading here? <laughs> was also visible. Jamie was laid on her back with her arms and legs tied, surrounded by a candlelit altar with burning torches during mysterious ceremony of cultists. She was then seen in labour delivering a male baby. Fifteen, bear in mind. Yeah, that was immediately handed by Michael. Which we're not which, supposed to know yet. Which is kind of... No, this is a thing. Obviously, we do find out that it's Michael's baby, but with this cult, you're supposed to basically kill every member of your family, right? So why would they let Michael have a baby so he has to just kill it? I think it's every woman. Don't get the point. No, he has to kill. No, he has to kill everybody in his family. It's not just women. It's everybody. Yeah. That's well, what the only... that's what the cult of thorn is. If you've got the if you've got the mark on your arm, you have to kill every person of your family to um to, to be a part of the cult. Basically, mm-hmm. every member killed their family. Will you read? I will search that up. Yeah. Uh... That was meanly handed to the man in black. She cursed him as the baby was taken away. Voiceover during the credits, later identified as Tommy Doyle. When Michael Myers was six years old, he stabbed his sister to death. For years, he was locked up in Smith's Grove Sanitarium, but he escaped. And suddenly, Halloween became another word for me. <laughs> yeah, in this film, Halloween's banned. I wouldn't yeah, be banding in Haddonfield. Banding in Haddonfield. One by one, he killed his entire family until his nine-year-old niece, Jamie Lloyd, was the only one. Right, this is what the cult of Thorn is. Um, the curse of Thorn is placed on a child by the cult leader. It commands that 
It commands that child to kill his entire family, so not just women, as a blood sacrifice to keep the cult alive. It also makes that child able to withstand serious injuries that would result in death by any normal human being. It turns the child into pure evil. Yeah, I, I can see myself being a child pure evil. I can see myself being part of that cult. Would you kill your own family, though? Mm. Maybe someone else's. Yeah, but it has to no, but it has to be your family. Mm. You have no choice. I'd, I'd fake it. You can't fake it. You have no choice. I, I'll do what I want. I'll fake it. You can't. You, you can't though. You have no choice. I do have a choice. No, you don't. <laughs> Michael Legit is a robot until he kills all his family. Oh, he's just, basically his body is just driven to kill his own blood. Oh, imagine if Michael Myers was like the Terminator. <laughs> Could see that, to be honest. Te te technically, it, it doesn't bleed. I think. Technically, it does. Are they blood? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Come on, in Halloween 2018, he got his arm shot off. I know, but in, like, this uh, timeline. Yeah, he has bled before, obviously. He's got shot and everything. <clears throat> oh, yeah, I forgot. He got shot six times. I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah, right, go on, sweet. continue. I, knew, I, I didn't ask for it. You just said it. Six years ago, Halloween night, Michael and Jamie vanished. Many people believed them dead. But I think that someone hid them away. Someone who keeps Michael, protects him, tries to control him. And there's one thing I know, you can't control evil. You can lock it up, you can burn it, and bury it, and pray that it dies, but it never will. It just rests a while. You can lock your doors and say your prayers at night, but the evil's out there waiting. And maybe, just maybe... It's closer than you think. Oh my god, it's cringe. Not it's, pure cr it's pure cringe, that friggin' line delivery. Since the previous film, The Man in Black, which is not Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Over the previous Samuel L. Jackson was never in Men in Black. Was he not? No, was it's Will it? Smith, oh, Will Smith, you dumbass. It. I'm not racist, I swear. No, I'm just saying, but... No, but I don't think they all look alike. I just couldn't remember. Samuel I remember Jackson Will Smith was never like in, in Men in Black. I remember Will Smith being like lesser films, like iRobot. iRobot is not a lesser film. It's a good film, but I think it's a lesser known film. Uh, fair enough. But it's still a good film. It's a good... I enjoy it. But it's not well known as other films. Point. Since the previous film, The Man, Man in Black, which is not Will you Smith. You were about to say Men in Black again, weren't you? I. Well, it's. it's it says Man, changed A to an E. Read it. Yeah, it's not, it's not Men, it's just one. Really? One man in black. Over the previous six years, as kidnapped and cared for both Michael Myers and Jamie, during which time she was impregnated by an unknown man. On Halloween Eve in 1995, she delivered a male Does it baby. actually Mark... say impregnated by unknown man? Yeah. She delivered a male baby marked on its stomach in blood with a rune symbol and used on the altar in a ritual. That night, Jamie was rescued with her newborn by Nurse Mary and aided in an escape to save her baby. Jamie feared that she wouldn't be allowed to keep the baby. When Mary had left her at the exit, Mast Michael Byers grabbed... Why do you have to say Mast? He always keeps his mask on. <laughs> yeah, well, in this one, we've never seen him without the mask. I think like in the entire franchise, we've really only seen him without his mask in the first film. When he was a child, and then in... 2018. 2018, we only saw like sides of his face. We never saw the whole we, entire face. We saw like a slight side. Yeah. You couldn't see like his eyes or anything. 
we got to see his okay. eye because his eye obviously was damaged from one when he got stabbed in eyes in one in first film, I think. Yeah. Uh, Michael Myers grabbed her by the throat, choked her, picked her up, and impaled the back of her skull into a protruding sharp metal spike high on the wall. Nice. And Michael. <laughs> Seems like a fatality that we should have had in Mortal Kombat. Fatality! Flawless victory! Wait, was Michael in uh, Mortal Kombat X? I think. No, not Mortal Kombat X. I think he was in 11. Yeah, he's in 11. Jason it, was in X. Yeah, Leatherface was in X as well, and Alien Predator. Yep. And then I think 11, oh no, and 11's got Michael. Freddy was in one of them, but it wasn't... Freddy was in the reboot 9. Yeah. And then in the new in 11, you've got Terminator and everything. Yeah, I, I love playing as Terminator. Robocop. <laughs> and Rambo is in that as well. Yeah, Rambo got added recently. But it's not... Um, and as well. But it's not... It's not... Um, I think it's not for, a new Rambo? I think for Terminator, it's not Arnold voicing it. It's uh, someone no, else. I've... No, I watched a video saying that it wasn't Arnold, it was someone doing an impression of Arnold. Same, I think same with I think same with Rambo. I don't think it was Sylvester Sloan. I knew I know it was the original actor for Robocop who voiced him though. Ah, here we go, Chris Cox. See, see how quick I look it up. <laughs> but it was chosen by Arnold himself. Yeah. I just and think I think get... it's because Arnold was busy doing other stuff, so he couldn't do it. Yeah. So instead, he, instead Arnold helped find someone who could do it justice. That was as well. What? It, it's been like Star Wars and shit, apparently. Oh. Continue, read. Read. Yeah. Ah. Uh, there. Here we go. Uh, ba ba Nurse me. Michael Myers killed. Blah, blah, blah. With Michael in pursuit, Jamie fled to a nearby road where she took the driver's seat. Wait. Oh, Michael killed Nurse Mary. Oh, I yeah, thought she, I thought he killed. I thought it, I was reading it and thought he killed Jamie already. No, not yet. <clears throat> uh, oh no, Michael was never actually. No, Michael wasn't in Mortal Kombat. The angry drunk. The angry drunken driver yelled at her, "What the hell are you doing in my truck?" <laughs> and then, and then had his neck finally twisted. Twisted around and snapped. She drove off in the stone truck in the rainy, thundery night. I'll do the last one, then you can start reading yeah. if you want. Yeah. In Haddonfield, Illinois, the old Myers home at 45 Lampkin Lane, which I've actually been to the Michael Myers house. Have you? Where the, the original house was, was recorded and stuff. Nice. Someone lived yeah, there now. On... Uh, yeah, uh, people lived here. I thought they did. I knew, I, I thought they did. I didn't know if they were still did or not. You know, other people video them being there. Um, most yeah, it's like sorry, mo- most people film. Do you know the the street scene with a bush? Most people go yeah. to that area. Yeah, they didn't actually. Not many people actually go to the house. No, I think it's, like, it's like. Yeah, I think. Yeah, pe- do you know the Goonies house? Yeah. No one can really go there anymore. The people only ban people from visiting. Oh, oh the the top of the hill, isn't it? Yeah, because um, the yeah that house in the film, uh, people got banned from going there because people were messing about and everything. Like the the owners didn't mind it at first, but then basically later on, that I can worse. imagine one in every three people would do it. Uh, what Chunk did. Probably, be funny. Uh, and you can yeah. actually visit the house uh, from Scream as well, uh, Stu Mocha's house. Like there were a YouTuber I watched, and he he was allowed to walk around the house. Stu's house were in Scream One, where they all watched a horror film, innit? Yeah. 
okay, just making sure that you're happens. able to. Yeah. Um, this YouTuber I watched uh, went and visited it. Yeah. Uh, in Haddonfield, Illinois, the old Myers home at 45 Lankin Lane has been sold by Strode Realty to the Strode family. <laughs> Is that right? The young boy, Danny Strode, who slept in Michael Myers' bedroom, was experiencing nightmares of a knife-wielding voiceman. He says things. Bad things. That's not and was, weird. And was confronted by a single mother character Cara Strode, Laurie Strode's cousin. The broadcast of a w- WKNB radio show called Back Talk, hosted by shock jock Barry Sims, was airing a special Halloween edition of its show on Halloween Eve. Sims announced that their next night's show would be broadcast live from Haddonfield at the Halloween Harvest Fair, which Halloween has been banned since 1989. Yep, it's been banned since, in- the, since Revenge. When... Yeah, it tells you. When infamous serial killer Michael Myers and his niece, Jamie Lloyd, and then about a dozen cops were killed in an explosion. This was an obvious falsehood. Jamie did not perish in an explosion, neither did Myers. Because yeah, I didn't saved, just read saved, that they were alive. They were saved by, um, by the man the in cult. black. Oh, the, yeah, because the man in black released Michael from prison. Yeah. Living directly across the street from the Shrew house on the second floor of a boarding house, grown-up Tommy Doyle was using a camera telephoto lens to spy on the Shrews. Yeah, that's not wow. creepy at all. <laughs> Come on, Paul. You're going to be Ant-Man in like 20 years. Oh, wow. Don't be a perfect now. He's also going to be in Friends. I don't know if this is before or after Friends. I know you were in Friends. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'll... I'm more interested in... What, you know what's funny? Uh, That's funny, that, because he were in Friends and Courtney Cox were in Scream. Uh, right. 25-year-old Tom. It's something different. What are you doing? I'm reading something different while you're reading that. I don't read here. Jesus, calm down. 25-year-old Tommy phoned uh, the talk sh- uh, radio show explaining how he saw Michael Myers when he was 8 years old. He considered himself one of the lucky ones. I survived. Tommy also asserted, Michael's work isn't done in Haddonfield, and soon, very soon, he'll come home to kill again. Um, Kill again. But this time, I'll be ready. He seemed obsessed about the Myers legacy ever since he was a boy. The just very much retired Dr. Loomis, Michael's uh, psychiatrist, was also listening to the show in the, in his isolated country home. He was joined by Dr. Terence Wayne, an old friend and colleague for a, uh, for a drink. Wayne stressed that he had chosen Loomis to return to Smith's Grove Sanitarium. Loomis refused claiming he had buried the ghosts in man in a manuscript jamie drove up to the local bus depot is that how you say it depot silent t all right this uh local bus depot as he listened to the broadcast on the actually listened to the broadcast on the pa system inside the darkened and empty terminal a sign at the desk read back in 20 another female caller from Haddonfield Junior College spoke about a planned Halloween rally and the radio broadcast on the campus to revitalize uh, the town after six years of banned celebrations from a depot payphone Jamie called the one 800 you suck number <laughs> I don't know if that's like I don't know if, I'm, I've got a feeling that's a funny it's supposed to be a funny joke number to the radio station and as Loomis and Tommy listened they heard Jamie weeping and uh, warning of Myers imminent return they're coming they're coming Michael Myers Michael Michael Myers he asked for help mentioning Dr. Loomis by name, but was regarded as only a, a wacko. Jamie's uncle, relentless pursuit, 
pursued her into the bus depot's bathroom outside uh, to her truck and, the f and then followed her in a stolen van after running her off the road. Near an old barn in Haddonfield area where she crashed the truck into a pile of pumpkins, he followed her into the barn, grabbed her by the neck and impaled her stomach through the, pipe, the spikes of a corn thresher. Uh, he pushed the he pushed her further onto the pipe spikes, as she gurgled and choked to death before his before his eyes. She muttered her final words to him: "You can't have the baby, Michael." Before he activated the thresher's controls, causing the thresher to rip Jamie's insides apart, only the baby's blanket was found in the truck. Well. That's Jamie dead. <laughs> Bye, child. Goodbye, you bye. Goodbye, Jamie. Uh, Michael hunts down Stephen. The next day, Halloween in Haddonfield, we are introduced to all the members of the troubled and dysfunctional Strode family, including struggling single mother and red-haired college student Cara Strode and her six-year-old son, Danny, who had both returned to live in with her parents in the household after being away for five years. Kara's parents, including a caring mother, Deborah, an extremely abusive father, John. Oh my god, I'll tell you one thing about this movie. John's death is so is so sweet. Just for the fact that you don't like him at all because he's abusive, he's a dick and everything, and then when Michael kills him, you're just like, yes. <laughs> uh, uh. I'll, I'll give that to the film. Who called Danny, who called Danny a bastard? Uh, boy, he hates Kara for some unknown reason. He believes she had brought bad luck to the household. Also, there was Kara's teenaged brother, Tim, Danny's uncle, who was dating girlfriend, Beth. Beth lived across the hall from Tommy Doyle in the boarding house across the street from the Strode house. Hard of hearing elderly Mrs. Blank and Ship managed the boarding house. At the Smith's Grove Sanitarium, Dr. Wayne and Dr. Loomis learned that Jamie Lloyd's body had been discovered near Haddonfield. The ruined symbol of Mac tattooed on Michael's wrist and on the stomach of Jamie's body was seen at the crime scene, painted or burned into the back, into black, in black on bales of hair. Back in black. Doctor Loomis inter interpret what the fuck interpreted it's his mark. Interpreted it's his mark. He's come home. Meanwhile, Tommy Doyle listened intently to his real, uh, to real tape recordings of Jamie's radio interview and figured out that the call came from the bus depot. Blood droppings from the payphone booth led to the downstairs restroom where he found Jamie's baby, baby crying in a wooden cabinet. He took the infant with him. The imaginative young Danny strode had drawn a prophetic picture of the Strode's of the Strode's mummy uncle Tim, grandma and grandpa. All with all with blood knives sticking into them as they stood next to a black object labelled Thorn. In the emergency room of Haddonfield Hospital, Tommy was carrying Jamie's body when he spoke to Dr. Loomis and he introduced himself and corrected his misconception about Jamie being the last of the Myers bloodline. Now that Michael had come home, no, Dr. Loomis, she's not the last. Loomis was told about the Strodes, now living in the Myers old house. Tommy took the baby into the care for protective safekeeping from harm and names in it names it Stephen. Hmm. 
Well then, that was interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, I will continue if that want. It's fine if you want to. Yeah. When Deborah was in the struggle, struggling with a malfunctioning washing machine in the basement, As she suspected someone else was in the house. But it was only Dr. Loomis who claimed he wanted to help the family. Claims he wanted he the, to help him. He wanted the violent force inside serial killer Myers that contaminated his soul. It was pure evil. And that he would return to his childhood home. And that was sacred to him with all his memories here. Loomis's tale terrified Deborah of his rantings about the haunted house and all the terrible things that happened there. And she understood the reason why her husband's brother couldn't sell the house. Oh, why are you living here? I will put myself to sleep now. <laughs> <clears throat> and she expressed her fears to her husband on the phone, and they prepared to vacate Maya's daughter, and then hacked her up in the back backyard of a hatchet, and splattering blood onto a freshly hung laundry on the clothesline. <clears throat> English. Suspecting that the... <laughs> Suspecting that the entire Strode family was in danger from Michael, Tommy befriended Danny and left him and Kara back to his boarding house room for safety. Although she thought it was crazy, she became even more convinced of his sincerity when she saw evidence of years of his collected newspaper clippings about Myers and the murders. He explained about the rune symbols and the meaning of fawn. For those listening to the audio edition, he just yawned. Runes are a kind of early alphabet that originated around 500 BC. They were symbols carved out of stones or pieces of wood used in pagan rituals to, to portend future events and invoke magic. Among the ancient druids, Fawn represented a demon that spread sickness, brought death to hundreds and thousands of people. According to Celtic legend, one child from each tribe was chosen to be inflicted with the curse of Fawn to offer the blood sacrifices of its next of kin on the night of Samhain, which is the old name for Halloween. What? Uh, Samhain, the original name for Halloween. Oh. The sacrifice of one family meant sparing the lives of the entire tribe. Tommy felt that might be the contaminating force or reason that compelled Michael Myers, mad with form, to commit evil. The method behind his madness. He continued, explaining how Michael was seeking the baby, the next of kin, for a blood sacrifice, the same tribe, and why he kept reappearing year after year, especially when the stars were aligned into a fawn symbol. The druids were also great mathematicians and astronomers, but the fawn symbol is actually a constellation of stars that appears from time to time on Halloween night. Whenever it happen appears, he appears. Coincidence? I think that's why these people, whoever they are, are after Jamie's baby. To make it Michael's final sacrifice. Tommy Lee left to see help Dr. Loomis, warning Kara never to return to her house. In her boarding house parlour, where she was watching the classic film on television, The Phantom of the Opera, Miss Blankenship explained the origins of celebrating Halloween to Danny. A long time ago, it was a night of great power when the days grew short and the spirits of the dead returned to their homes to warn themselves the by the fires. Yeah. All across the land, huge bonfires were lit. Oh, there was a marvellous celebration. People danced and they played games, and they dressed up in costumes, hoping to ward off the evil spirits. Especially uh, the boogie man. Uh, uh. I would think only that time. <laughs> <laughs> then she told Kara that her son could also hear the voice, just like the other boy that lived in that house. She revealed that she was babysitting in 1963, 32 <laughs> years earlier, when little Mikey Myers... <laughs> Wait, what? It actually says little Mikey Myers. <laughs> yeah. No one ever calls Michael Mikey. <laughs> Little boy Mikey Myers lived across the street 
and he heard a voice that night that he murdered his sister. He told him to kill his family. He was implied that Gary, who could also hear a voice, was the next child to be cursed with form if Michael succeeded in killing his entire family. Uh, now, yeah. When John Strode returned home, he found everyone gone. Suddenly, the lights inexplicably extinguished, and he laughed. He really pondered. This is where he dies. This is where he dies. It must be the boogeyman in the basement as he investigated the, the cause of the power outage and the loud chugging and leaking washing machine. He found a bloody sheet inside. When he turned, Myers murdered him by stabbing him in the stomach with a butcher knife, lifting him up and pinning him against the fuse box. He was electrocuted, his face fried and then exploded. <laughs> this is the best <sighs> death in the entire film. You got a right mouthful to I know. me. Have fun having a yawning fit. <laughs> <clears throat> no, that's me. Because despite this film still being okay, it's really boring. Yeah, nothing much happens. <laughs> yeah. I don't um, know if that was a real yawn or That was yawn. real. <laughs> um, at the Halloween Harvest Fair, Beth was uh, interviewed by DJ Barry Sims in front of the crowd, asserting we will no longer let the powers that be control our minds. For years, Halloween has represented everything that's wrong with Haddonfield, but Michael Myers is long gone. There is no boogeyman. Tim was surprised to learn he lived in the uh, notorious Myers house once occupied by the most brutal mass murderer in history. As a publicity stunt, Sims promised to move the shock fest uh, show to the Myers house. Ten minutes in the house and I'll have uh, every fruitcake medium in the country calling in trying to channel the spirit of that pussy, Michael Myers. <laughs> wow. Well, he's gonna die. He's he's dead. He's next. He's straight up dead. He's just gonna die. In his vehicle, as Sims prepared to drive to the Myers house, he was knifed in the chest from behind. Later, his half-naked body was wrapped in lights and strung up in a tree. His dropping dripping blood was misinterpreted min by a child as red. Rain. Right. No, that's just blood. Beth it's and Tim blood. found themselves alone in in Maya's house when Barry didn't show. She spooked him by recreating the night of the initial murder. They kissed in the darkened house and then proceeded to make love in Kara's bed, while surrounded by candles. After showing. And then, standing in front of a foggy mirror, Tim's throat was slit with a butcher knife, and Beth is stabbed to death by Myers, and Kara witnesses through the window inside the Blankenship's house. Kara then looks down and sees Danny entering the Myers house. Kara, oh, no, <laughs> Kara races over to the Myers house, and upon entrance... Uh, she witnesses her son going upstairs into darkness where Myers is lurking. Kara brand brandishes a fire poker and uh, creeps upstairs after Danny. She discovers Tim and Beth's bloody corpses and then finds Danny in the opposite room. Kara and Danny flee after Michael arrives and Danny uh, runs downstairs while Kara stays upstairs to fend off Michael. She manages to she manages to strike Michael in the head with the fire poker and send him down the stairs. As Kara goes back downstairs to retrieve Danny, Michael comes to life and br breaks Kara's ankle. She manages to let to hit him in the arm with the poker, and Kara and Danny run out of the house and back to the Blankenship's house where several masked men appear. The man in black is also there and turns out to be Dr. Wayne. 
He calls Danny. <laughs> he calls Danny over, who sits on his lap. Tommy and Loomis are grabbed. Tommy and Loomis are grabbed, and Kara tries to escape by jumping out the window. Out a window, after being cornered by cult members and Mrs. Blankenship, who is also a part of the cult, but is sh- but is knocked out. Okay, she's yeah, part of the cult. Bro. Fun. That's fun. She's fucking bitch. Showdown at... What? Damn, bro, she's dead. (laughs) You think she's dead? Nah, I don't think so, mate. Showdown at Smith's Grove Sanitarium. Tommy and Loomis awaken after being drugged and find everyone gone. They go to Smith's Grove Sanitarium where they know Wayne uh, and taken everyone to Tommy and Loomis. Split up, Loomis confronts Wayne and credits him for the first discovery, um, discovering Michael's evil. It states how Jamie's baby represents a new cycle of it after multiple failures and wants Loomis to join in on his efforts, entering into a dawn of a new age. Loomis calls Wayne out out on his evil scheme and is knocked unconscious meanwhile Tommy searches for Kara and the two children and found Michael prowling the hallways too having already knifed out of uh, knifed one of the sanitarium patients in the stomach the lunatic dying mental patient spooked him spooked him he walks amongst us brother he comes back and he's very angry how does it feel to be damned before drop dropping dead he then finds Kara locked in a room ahead towards the exit grabs a fire extinguisher and starts beating on the doorknob with a fire extinguisher michael then from the darkness into the light where he where the dead patient was Stands still and slowly turns his head to his left, where he spots Tommy. He spots Tommy Jones. Tommy locks eyes on him as the banging against the doorknob with the extinguisher slowly ceased. Um, the events that happened in the first Halloween flow back in his mind as Michael and Tommy stare at each other. After a few moments of staring, Tommy chuckles nervously and nervously and bobs his head to the left nervously and continues to bang on the doorknob with the extinguisher as Michael begins to walk towards Tommy, not letting him out of his sight. That's how long this one was. I'll leave these last two and then you can. I don't think there's much left anyway. You can go from there if you want. Finally, yeah, after a few beatings on the doorknob and Michael coming, uh, coming danger, danger close. What? That makes no sense. Coming, da- I'm going to change that. Coming dangerously close from him. The doorknob finally <coughs> breaks off. Tommy drops the extinguisher, kicks the door very hard unlocking the door and charges in Kara runs out of the room that she was shocked she was locked in with and as they run out of the door Michael since he is now in close range tries to grab Kara but misses and starts uh, sprint walking towards Tommy and Kara as they slam the gate exit on him however this time Michael managed to, to grab hold of Kara's hair and begins to shake her head back and forth after they slam the gates on him as Kara struggles and yells out oh god stop Tommy grabs a gun uh, based weapon <laughs> off the rack on the wall because that'll make stop. <laughs> and points it <laughs> at Michael like on, oh god stop <laughs> please and points it at Michael's shoulder through the gate door Pulls the trigger, Michael falls backwards and afterwards they continue to find Danny and Stephen while Michael is laying down, stunned, moving one or two fingers slowly. Oh, there you go. 
Well, it wasn't Lubin's that shot him this time, so it wasn't six shots. At this point, Michael is being shot. So... <laughs> but, he's always ups- the... but he's always upset about that six. Yeah. In the hallway, they see several doctors, one of them wearing their fallen cult robe, talking about the genetic engineering testing they worked on and believe they have come across a breakthrough. Dr. Wynn... Yeah, because you want... <laughs> You don't want to be called Dr. Lose, do you? <laughs> uh, joins them, and they head inside to perform the breakthrough procedure. <clears throat> Tommy and Kara walk into the room next to it, where they find the children. They watch through a two-way mirror as Dr. Wynn and the surgeons prepare to perform an operation. But Michael, now realising it was being exploited and used against his will for personal gain by the doctors, Interrupts the procedure by walking in with a surgical machete. Why is a machete surgical? How is a machete surgical? Well, let's have a look. Because it has its own wiki. Why? Everything <laughs> has a wiki. Why does it don't give a bloody scalpel its own wiki? I think they did. In part four. I don't know. In hand, and promptly murders all the doctors except one, who runs away from Michael in the same direction as Tommy and Kara. When Tommy closed the gate on the doctor, he exclaims, Please help me, oh god. Please help me, fuck off. Before Michael grabs the surviving doctor's head and begins to push his head with tremendous force through the gate door, splitting his head in three places in the original. More bloody version before the MPAA forced them to cut it out of the film. The gate door breaks off the hinges and Michael walks under the deceased doctor's body as he pursues Tommy and Kara again. Tommy and Kara and the kids run with Michael in hot pursuit until they come to a locked gate. With nowhere to go, the group hides in a high-tech med lab. Inside the lab, Karen, Kara notices some Karen. tanks. With what looks like to be baby fetuses inside each one. Wow. With a chat underneath with the ancient rules translated into scientific letter codes next to them. They are apparently the failures Wynn tells Loomis about, as he told him earlier. I've had my failures, but this baby, Jamie's baby, we are at the dawn of a new age. The failed attempts of Wynn to engineer a new child to harness the evil power of form. As a result, the experiment the doctors were about to work on in the operating room may have involved Michael's DNA. Michael breaks into the room and Tommy comes out from hiding, holding Stephen, who walks up to him saying, Michael, you've won. He chuckled, then walked forward. He's yours. As he hands over Stephen, Michael reaches for the baby. However, he hears the real baby crying off to his left giving Tommy a menacing look as he slowly turns his head to the right. He then grabs Tommy's throat with his hand, but Tommy in response stabbed a cluster of large hypodermic needles filled with corrosive chemicals or tranquilizers into Michael's neck, which Michael threw him away and tried to shrug the effects off. He then continues to walk forward until Kara comes out of the corner, beating Michael with a pipe, Covering Danny as he ran with Stephen to shelter, which was a small enclosed space that only he could fit into. Michael then grabbed hold of Kara's forehead and hair together tightly, using only one of his hands, causing her to drop the pipe. He then dragged her onto a table, knocking items over the table and almost strangles her to death until Danny shouts out, Leave her alone! Leave her alone! Michael then turns his head towards Danny and locks I'll eyes onto him. Yeah, releases Kara and begins to walk to Danny, who is still in the small enclosed space. Michael stretches his arm as far as he can, like Mr. Fantastic, and tries to fit into the small space. You added that, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> as Danny screams out, Mommy, Mommy, Mom, Mom, help. <laughs> I'm not screaming. That, that, that's a good way to. That's a good thing to shout out. I want my mummy. Mummy. 
Tommy hearing Danny's cries and seeing Michael distracted stabs Michael with multiple hypodermic needles near his neck and as Danny runs to Kara, Tommy yells out to them, uh, go uh, them to go as he began to beat Michael with the same pipe as Kara used. Dr. Loomis aids Kara's, uh, Kara's, Danny's and Steve's escape in an elevator while Tommy takes out uh, takes care of Michael, but he can't try to stop them from escaping. Did he shoot him six times? I shot him six times! <laughs> Tommy turned to walk away with the pipe still in his hand and turns back around and starts uh, beating Michael again, but longer because of all the pain he caused to, Domi on, uh, to Tommy and Laurie. Uh, as Tommy hit Michael's head and body multiple times, green-yellow stuff started pouring little by little from the eye holes in the mask in the green in the screen. Flashes quickly showing Tommy hitting Michael and Michael uh, moving his head left and right from the force that Tommy is using to inflict damage onto Michael. Finally, Tommy throws the pipe down and it's exhausted and walks out of the sanitarium as tommy sat in the driver's seat of the red jeep with stephen Kara, and danny and he says come with us dr Loomis says in response while cracking a smile no i have a little business to attend to here in the final scene chains are a head rattling while the camera pans down to michael's mask that is lying on the floor of the lab room with a needle next to it with uh, with and Loomis is heard screaming in the background leaving the fate of both characters un ultimately unknown. Oh. Uh, wind whistled around the Myers house causing a jack-o'-lantern's candle on the porch to flicker and extinguish. Cut into black the next screen read in memory of Donald Pleasance before closing the credits. Rest in, rest in peace, Donald Pleasance. Ah, right. Thoughts? Uh, do I have to give it thoughts? It's yes. mediocre at best. Yes, it's very mediocre. It's a very terrible movie. You uh, can see, because I was yawning, it was generally putting me to sleep. Yeah, we were very tired all the way through that, but it wasn't just because of the film. We are tired, but for one, the film just makes you tired because it's that bad. It's it's very mediocre for a Halloween film. I would have expected better. Uh, the whole Thorn thing never interested me because I think having Michael as a killer with no backstory or anything like that just it just gets rid of the mystery. Yeah, there is yeah, trivia, a bit of trivia anyway. Doctor Wayne was seen in the original Halloween film telling Dr. Loomis that Michael could not drive a car. So Loomis uh, speculates that perhaps someone around here has been giving him lessons. It highlight it highlight likely that Wayne, as the leader of Michael's cult and a doctor of Smith's Grove, was the one who taught him how to drive. Dr. Loomis, unknown, Fate at the end has been speculated upon some fans thinking that Loomis has been killed by Michael. Others that Michael has been killed by Loomis. And others think he was screaming because Michael was gone. Or has, uh, or as the voiceover from the alternate ending was necessary, it could have been something completely different and unknown. The movie is Dedicated to Donald Pleasance before the ending credits appear. Uh, mm. Yeah, uh, Donald Pleasance passed away before this film was released, so that's why they added uh, "Rest in Peace" at the end because um, he got to he did finish his scenes, but then passed away before uh, he. Um, Passed away before the film came out, and obviously passed away before Halloween H2O. More than likely, there were going to be another film with uh, Donald Pleasance, because near the end it says 
left both the fates unknown. Yeah, I believe <clears> that they would have if if Donald Pleasant didn't pass away. I do think they would have possibly done another film in the cult in the Thorn trilogy, but because I don't think, but I think H two O was made because no one liked the Thorn trilogy. Four wasn't terrible. Four, I think just four and five are way better than six because they don't go deep into the cult. At all. They just keep it simple as a serial yeah. killer. That's why I think that Michael just having him as pure evil born that way and stuff like that, like 2018 does, like he's a force of nature, is much better than, oh, look at me, I'm a cultist. <laughs> uh, what would you rate the film? Mm, five. Five? I'm... Just five. I'll give it... I'm going to give it a four. Ooh, ouch. I'm going to give it a four. But here's the thing. When we get to um, Resurrection, that's going to be a lower. <laughs> that's Resurrection. Even though this film is bad, it's technically not as bad as Resurrection. It's ten times better than Resurrection. I'd say yes, it is better than Resurrection. Because when you go from... Halloween 20, when you go from Halloween H2O to Resurrection, it doesn't fit. The only good part about Resurrection, the two good things about Resurrection is the beginning part with Laurie and Michael. That's it. That, the whole film could have just been that for me. But then, but then the next part is when it ends. Ah. Uh. But yeah, um, so yeah, I'm going to give it a 4, you're giving it a 5. Uh, what, what? You're giving it a 5. It a five. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. that's correct. So yeah. Um, so yeah, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, that is the original timeline done uh, now, and now we have... You can take off the reading glasses there for a minute. We have other timelines to do now. We're almost finished, actually. We've got H2O... Uh, resurrection, Rob Zombies, Rob Zombies, uh, and then two, and then so we've got five more films to go. Yeah, we're halfway there. Halfway there. I think because we're halfway there, we should do a break episode. Yeah, we could do a break episode. We'll do it. We'll just do a random video, a random episode where it's no reading or anything. We'll just talk about stuff. We'll do that break and then come back to these. Be a lot better, so then we're not straining ourselves. Uh, but yeah, we'll do that. We'll, I'll, I'll um let Tyler choose that uh topic for next week as for yeah, the break I don't episode. Yeah, you just want to let me know. Um, but other than that, guys, don't forget to link down below. Hope you guys had a good Star Wars day. We'll link down below to the link tree to support us on. Uh, whatever, spot us on Patreon if you'd like to. Put us on Twitter, uh, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. We are also now, uh, well, me more than Tyler. Uh, we don't live stream on YouTube anymore. We live stream on Twitch um, because live streaming on Twitch is kind of uh, much better and fun uh, than it is on YouTube. But yeah, uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Don't forget to don't forget that this. Uh, so don't like, forget comment, favorite, and subscribe. Yeah. No, I'm not doing that yet. Uh, yeah, go to the link down <laughs> to the link tree down below to all social medias and everything like that. Join our Discord community if you'd like to uh, to talk to us. Join the join the Discord. Yeah, also uh, want to talk to me more. I'm more important. Piss off. Um, <clears throat> we're both important. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, talk to us on Discord. Join the Discord community. Live streams on uh, live streams every Wednesday. Friday, Friday streams obviously on Twitch. Wednesday Twitch stream is gaming video with friends or on my own. Um, cause so last week as of this recording, as of this recording, I'm streaming Hunt Showdown with my friend Nerd. Then Friday is just a just chatting stream. Um, and then yeah, 
So that's every Wednesday and Friday streaming on Twitch uh, around six, around six or seven p.m. UK time. Uh, so other than that, uh, don't forget this podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network and our YouTube on social media. And I have been one of your hosts, Sasha. Now I've been your other host, Tyler. And we hope you guys have enjoyed. And remember, keep watching horror, keep on slashing, and we'll see your fans next time. Bye. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Have you checked the children? children, children. I am the devil. And I am here to do the devil's work. We all go a little mad sometimes. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Boogeyman is real. And you found him. Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative.